excitement going on there. Scores! Roll the highlight reel. Six to nothing flame. Yankees put it in the wind column. Yeah, baby, yeah, baby, yeah, baby. This is Flames Talk with Pat Steinberg and Wes Gilbertson on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. All right, welcome to a deadline day edition of the Sports Drive brought to you by Calgary Lock and Safe. Be proactive in protecting your property. Get a full security audit from Calgary Lock and Safe. Visit calgarylockandsafe.com. Yeah, it's Steinberg and Post Media's Wes Gilbertson along with you this hour from the Scotiabank Saddledome and the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems Hot Stove Lounge. We're available on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. And it's time to go inside hockey to kick off this hour for Calgary Co-op. The beer tastes better when it's bought from the place that cheers for your team. Visit your local Calgary Co-op Wine Spirits Beer today. It's Friday. You know what that means. It's Eric Francis Friday to kick off this hour. Hello, Sportsnet's Eric Francis. How are you? I'm good, my man. That was a, a long day. Lots of pizza, lots of donuts. It was a perfect media meal. It was. That was very much... <laughs> It was it was curated for a media body. That's don't don't curated. speak for all of us now. Not hey. all of us pluralized donuts today. <laughs> well, okay, let's let's be fair. Let's be fair. Donuts and muffins, like the, I lump them all in together. Really. Would you like to uh, while you're here? Would you like to uh, just before we dive in on the deadline? Would you like to maybe? Uh, you, you do a lot of good things, but maybe the best thing you've ever done is truly open eyes to the fallacy, the farce, and the fraud that is a muffin. Uh, a muffin, in your eyes, is is one of the most genius inventions of all time. A marketing triumph. The <laughs> fact that there are people out there who think that a muffin has an ounce of nutrition in it. They say, oh, it's carrot cake. It's carrot muffins. Carrot got carrot vegetables in it. It is amazing to me how many people in the world think that they're actually doing good for themselves by eating like a brand muffin and thinking, yes, there's brand and I get it. And that has its own qualities we're not getting into. But the point is <laughs> it, you're eating cake. Okay. They're not muffins. They're, they're round, you know, hand sized cakes and they're nothing more. And I enjoyed far too many of them today. But shame on anyone who actually thinks that they're not that bad for them. I knew the pain. I knew the damage I was inflicting all day today. Anyway, it's not about me. It's about the, the marketing genius that is the Muffin Commission, wherever they reside. Yeah, when I, when I, if I ever have an opportunity to meet uh, Mr. John Muffin, I would like to shake his hand yeah. uh, and tell, you know what? You have, uh, you have done incredible work, my friend. Yeah. Um, how, uh, okay, so... Guys, it's it's Eric Francis, Wes Gilbertson, and Steinberg with you. Francis Fridays here on Flames Talk. So we I don't know how many of us thought the Flames were gonna be overly busy or go big game hunting at the deadline before the deadline. They don't. They make the two deals. They acquire Nick Ritchie and Troy Stetcher from Arizona in exchange for Brett Ritchie and Connor Mackey, and they acquire Dryden Hunt from Toronto in exchange for Redeem Zahornis. So they don't really make any big-time moves. They make two when it's all said and done. So how, how do we just sum up what the Flames did at and leading up to the 2023 deadline? Well, I, I think what they did was prudent. I think what they did was responsible. I think what they did was predictable. And uh, and I think what they did was, you know, in the tiniest way, uh, may actually improve their team a little bit. Like, I, I don't, uh, nobody should be expecting Nick Ritchie to score 
at all. I mean, many goals at all, you know. I mean, uh, they brought in Callie Yarncroke last year in 29 games. He only scored on the final game, the day they were eliminated. Um, this is not even a move aimed at trying to do that. It's just a swap of venue for, for two teams. The Troy Stetcher, will, you know, that's the biggest name in all this, you know, because I think he will play a, uh, I don't know if I want to say significant role, but he'll play a regular role in uh, on that blue line. And he's very well respected, very well liked, and he brings that mobility that uh, was missing with with Shillington. He's not as good as Shillington, obviously, but uh, you know, the, it's what I—not just me, but all of both you guys as well. It was not prudent in any way to expend a single asset uh, from the off from this franchise's coffers on this team. This team has proven unworthy of that sort of investment. When your team is good and has a chance to win, as the GM said today, you are aggressive. When your team does not look like it has a chance to win and, and has a very slim chance of even making the playoffs, you act the opposite way. You start looking long-term. And the only thing I gleaned from today that was really interesting was that he said, look, I, this wasn't about trying to keep the team together. This was about uh, trying to do something that would help our team long-term. And that meant a lot of people were in play that I don't think a lot of people would have necessarily thought would have been in play. That whole group of guys who are only one year away from unrestricted free agency, Elias Lindholm, Michael Backlund, Chris Tanev, uh, Zadorov, Toffoli, I think that several of those guys were possibly in play if the right deal came together. Now, it didn't, so who cares? But I thought that was a fascinating element to all this. It wasn't just Stan Pat. It was not only were we just standing Pat, we're actually looking forward to next year now so not exactly sellers but in that realm buddy how different do you think today could have been if if let's say the flames situation became clear even just a few days ago yeah good question like i losing Ooh, four in a you row got the, you got the good question from eric congratulations wow. yeah, hey i, I owe you a muffin <laughs> <laughs> i love it um yeah, losing four in a row certainly enhanced their desire to look longer term as opposed to short term. Had they won four games in a row, I think we're having a very different conversation than the one we are right now because the team would have momentum and then the GM would be like, I want to do my part to help with this momentum. You know what I mean? Like it, it, It's so true that those four games, five games, three games, however, whatever window you want to look at, it was a very short term window in which I think it could have flipped the switch. Now, generally speaking, I don't think they were, you know, up until the last week, uh, I think that they were pretty much ready to not do anything of significance. But again, if that last week was was a big smash bang hit, then I think you, you're right. I think we could have had a, don't you agree? They, it could have been a much different perspective. Well, and, and I think something you and I uh, chatted about between slices of pizza today was the fact that most of the contenders have Can we made... also just let's let's be very clear that we did not pay for any of this food. <laughs> I think that's sure clear that I, already. Okay, I just wanted to make sure that nobody had any illusions that we Isn't got that off the, our wallets. That's the Listen, very essence love, of a media meal. It truly I, I love pizza, but I was not willing to part with any A assets to acquire <laughs> said pizza today. It, but it, what it would have had long-term ramifications, right? Exactly. Yeah, more and, of a short-term shopper. And short-term, sure. yeah. I've had three Tums since I got home. <laughs> In all seriousness, one of the things we talked about is because 
the contenders made their moves a few days ago. And so yeah. when you talk about those guys that were going to be free agents or are going to be free agents, I'm sorry, after next season, I think if you were serious about moving one of them, the market might not have been what it could have been even, let's say, before Tuesday's overtime loss to the Bruins. Yeah, good point. Like, you know, you look at those boards that everybody put together, their top 30 guys on the board. Well, I, I woke up this morning, I looked at it, and I, John Klingberg was at the top of the list. I'm like, oh, my God, nobody wanted that guy last year, and he had a terrible season. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's, not, like, it's not like there, were, there was anything left. Today was just picking through the remains. Uh, scavenging, if you will, uh, for sure. Tree has a long head, a long history of, of of getting ahead of it and making sure you're not just picking through the dregs, but getting ahead and saying these are the exact guys we want, and let's try and figure out what price there is to pay for them. So, had they been serious about affecting significant change one way or the other, I agree with you. He would have done his deal, uh, any sort of deal, uh, for the future or for short term, a lot earlier. But because this team has been stuck in neutral basically all season long, uh, I think it complicated matters, and it just made it easier. With every loss, it just made it easier for them to just go, yeah, you know what, Yeah, let's just stand pat. So, guys, do we think that they missed an opportunity to – um, maximize some of the assets on their team that they they could have that they did they miss an opportunity to dive into this really really crazy market where guys were going for way more than we thought they were going to go whether you point to Luke Shen who we saw here on Thursday at the Dome whether you point to uh, some of the other like what, what Nino Niederreiter uh, got the Nashville Predators or Tanner Janot got the Nashville Predators did the Flames miss out in our eyes because I don't, and I honestly, it's 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 a hard question to answer because I do take the general manager at his word when he says, that, "Yeah, we explored it, and we just didn't feel the prices like we we didn't feel like we were getting good value on some of these guys." So I don't know. I mean, I I think that it was a fair conversation to be had coming into the trade deadline and not being involved in the, in the negotiations myself. Uh, I don't know what was being offered, but I only felt like trading away a roster player made sense unless you were getting the type of value that was commensurate to what we were seeing out there on the open market. So do we feel like they missed an opportunity or is that, uh, is that even an unfair, is, is that maybe an unfair question even to ask? Well, I, I was going to say it was a good question, but I'm not going to say that to you because I, I think you flipped <laughs> the question around. Like I thought what you were going to say is, did they miss an opportunity uh, to, to, to get somebody um there's there was nobody out there that that I think anybody in Calgary is going man I really I, they should have got Luke Shem the only opportunity that might have been missed is is to cash in on one of these guys like Michael Backlund would get you a well, no and that's answer. that's what that's what I'm asking that's Did they what you're miss asking? an opportunity okay. to to sell one of their guys to sell yeah exactly yeah. yeah now I don't know and I'll say the answer is no because I think you do. Yes, there are desperate teams right now, and the prices are exorbitant. And as Brian Burke always says, you know, 90% of the mistakes are made on trade deadline day. And I don't disagree with that, that general feeling. But the other thing you've got to consider always is the fact that if you're shopping Michael Backlund around, and there isn't a team in the league who wouldn't want a Michael Backlund. I'm not saying he's a star player, but he, he, would fi he fills that role as a third-line center better than almost anyone in the league, I would submit to you. Uh, and, and you want to be able to shop him around to 31 teams. 
when you're at the trade deadline, that list is so much smaller. There are only a handful of teams that are even in the market for a Michael Backlund at this point in time. Yes, he has terms, so it opens up the door for more possible teams. But I think you maximize the return on a guy with term in the summertime as opposed to now. And it also gives you much more time to, to take a look at the big picture. The other thing is, too, like who's going to be the GM for this team uh, when, when significant deals like that have to be consummated in the summer? Is it going to be Brad Treliving? I don't know. And I, I, I just want to add to that and say, I don't think that anyone should be looking at Brad Treliving's situation and saying, this guy, if they don't make the playoffs, he should be fired and he will be fired. I look at it as I think it'll be Brad Chilliving's decision to walk away from a situation that is not optimal to say the least right now. Yeah. Where guys, where are we on the weirdness of the situation that we're, we're in the teeth of covering this team on a daily basis, guys. And we're, we're talking about a head coach who was extended before this season and, and rightfully so when you think about what he did the year before. He's the reigning Jack Adams winner. I think that most organizations go down that road. But we don't have extensions for any of the assistant coaches. They're on expiring contracts. And every single member of hockey operations, guys, from Brad Living to his two, to his three assistants and Snowy, uh, Brad Pascal and Craig Conroy, also on expiring deals. I, I just, and I'm not even saying what do we think is going to happen or I'm not trying to suggest power struggle. I'm just... It's weird. It's it's a very, very strange and unique situation that the Calgary Flames find themselves in right now. What makes it, You're, I think, especially unique is that, and sorry to jump in on you, Eric. No, no, go ahead. There, You hear so often when a, a trade gets made, let's say, around the draft, oh, well, we, you know, these conversations go back to the deadline or, or, you know, this goes back to January or, or whatever. So much ground groundwork is, is sort of laid, at least in terms of interest around this time of year. And, and it's a huge question mark for the Calgary Flames going into this summer. Who knows what conversations were had about probably some of the marquee names around here. And yet, if you wind up swapping out your hockey ops or, or making significant changes, which based on the nature of their expiring contracts is certainly a distinct possibility. In some ways you're starting from scratch and, and that can be a positive, but you know, it also, there could be a lot of work that was accomplished or started today that, that might never come to fruition. Yeah, for sure. And Pat, don't, don't tell me that you're not trying to suggest that there's a power struggle going on. Okay. Let's, and I know we're trying to choose our words carefully, and I, I, I think that the, that the time is not appropriate right now to start, you know, throwing together an autopsy on this season. Right. I think, I think we're all three of us are of the belief this team is not going to make the playoffs at this time, or at least certainly leaning that way. Obviously, the numbers bear out that I think they the have to win. The math sucks. The math yeah, they got to win 15 of their sure. last 20. And, and, you know, and we know they don't, they can't even win two in a row. Uh, so it, it, I, I don't think now is the time to start talking about, that whole debate, I, I, I don't really want to have that discussion right now publicly. I really don't. But I think we're going to spend the last, you know, maybe in as early as a week or two from now, we're going to start having that discussion on a regular basis. And uh, people are going to be sick of it. And I just, I, I just don't, I think it's, power struggle is not an inappropriate word. 
And, and again, I, you know, we're going to have our, our discussion about that later. So I, sorry, I don't mean to tease people or not that anyone cares about what, what we necessarily think about it, but I, there's a whole lot more to what's going to, to, to the situation. Well, I think it's that, fair to say, I think it's fair to say that at, at, different times this season GM and, and head coach have not necessarily been on uh, the same plane or have been seeing eye to eye I think that, that that's probably fair to say uh, and, yes. and there's been that a, happens, a number that of happens all over the place it does the only difference is is that in this in this instance is it one guy's public. extended and one guy's not extended, yeah right and, and it was done quite publicly like I think most of the power struggles that, between a GM and a coach uh, go completely under the radar uh, but this one was a little bit more blatant. And uh, anyway, there's so much to it. I, I just don't feel like right now is the time to get into the whole thing. Fair enough. Now, do we, around the table, do we believe that Brad Treliving, because I don't, do we believe that Brad would have altered his trade deadline approach? Because, and it, it was uh, Cammy from Global who asked him in his uh, in his media availability about this, and he said it had no impact on it. And I, that's what I, I believed that all along. I, I just don't think Brad, uh, the way he goes about his business, is going to change his approach to a trade deadline based on the way that uh, the based on the way that his contract situation is is going franchise. I, I, I can't buy that. I don't I don't think that's what we're talking about. I think he would have approached this the exact same way if he was extended for eight or nine years. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, it's a, it's a fair question to ask for sure. Uh, there's only one way for him to answer it publicly, of course. But, you know, good on him for addressing it. And, and you know, I, I, I think it's a fair question. But the, the end of the day, uh, to suggest that like Brad Treliving is, you know, desperately trying to save his job, which, you know, that we've seen situations where a general manager may end up forcing a trade at the deadline that probably isn't in the best interest of the organization long-term, but it might go a ways towards preserving that guy's employment. Well, Brad Treliving doesn't need to play that game. Brad Treliving's reputation around the national hockey league is stellar. Brad Treliving would be hired within minutes if he were to leave the Calgary Flames, if he wanted to be employed by somebody else. I mean, this guy's going to have a lot of different options out there and uh, inside and outside the hockey world. And, uh, and and the question will be whether or not, you know, the Calgary Flames are the most attractive one. I, as I alluded to earlier, I'll say this. I, I, I do think it'll be up to Brad Treliving to dictate what his future is going to be with this organization. I right. don't think I don't think ownership is going to come to him and go, ah, you know what? And hey, I think he's only won two playoff series as a general manager of the Calgary Flames. Is it two? I think it's two. And, yes. And, yeah. So it's not exactly stellar. Uh, and in some markets, maybe the people would be clamoring for him. But I just think the way he conducts himself, the way he fronts this organization, uh, the the way he's dealt with some of the adversity he's dealt with uh, as a general manager last summer, uh, I think the way he's had guys sign extensions uh, for very good value. I'm not talking about Huberdeau and I'm not talking about Uyghur. That's a whole other discussion. Obviously that was done under some duress, uh, but, and, and at this point doesn't look that good. Uh, there's good and there's bad. But at the end of the day, I'm telling you that this is a guy who, if I'm an owner of a national hockey league team, I am very comfortable having him rep my organization in every way. Yeah. Uh, I want to let you know that you scared away Wes. He, he ran out of the room. Um, but actually, he had to go take a call from Troy Stetcher, so that's why he's no longer with us. Uh, Eric Francis with us on Francis Fridays. It would not be the first time that you have uh, cleared a room. I, I just wanted to make sure that you uh, <laughs> you, you knew that. Um, 
of of all the guys that that were brought in here, of of Stetcher, of Richie, uh, and of Dryden Hunt, do do they're all on expiring contracts? Do we see? Do we see long term fits? Do we see are these are these guys just to play out the season? Um, is is there a chance that we are talking about maybe one of these guys being with the group next year? Uh, is is there is there that chance? Is there something to is there contracts to play for for these guys? Do you think? Yeah, there's always that chance. You know, let's look at it as an extended PTO. You know, I mean, I think if the Flames could do it again, they maybe would have kept Sonny Milano, but they only had what five or six exhibition games to take a look at him, which is such a tough go for any guy to try and prove himself. And uh, Milano's had a pretty darn good season since he got back into the league. Uh, you know, so I, I think that that's the way they're going to look at this. This is a, a free, not a free, but a, a looksy at all these guys to see yeah. what uh, they might be able to add, what their character's like, how they fit with the group. I mean, I think absolutely there's open-mindedness when it comes to the possibility of keeping all three. Do I think they'll keep all three? No, but I think there's a darn good chance they'll keep at least one of them. And Stetcher is the guy who probably would head that list for me based on the fact he's got a lot of familiarity. What, there's three or four guys on this team that played with him in Vancouver. I called Brandon Sutter right away uh, who played with him in Vancouver and couldn't stop. He raved about Troy Stetcher and the character. And that's all I've ever heard about Troy Stetcher is that he's a real character guy that people really, really like in the room and 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 is a guy who everybody respects and likes there'll be no controversy surrounding troy stetcher and i think the fans are going to like this kid too um so how do we how do we feel about this season now that 62 are done there's only 20 to go trade deadline is over uh they, they did not go out and make significant additions these are the only two trades the flames are going to make all season long it just it it we're we're not at autopsy time yet, and and we're not at, at the season's done. I mean, they've got a massive uphill climb. They're five out of a playoff spot with twenty to go. Uh, they, they've got they, they've got to get help, and they've got to help themselves. We're, we're talking about a really really rough road to ho- road to hoe here, but we can start to talk about the sixty two games that we've seen and the fact that they're even in this position and didn't feel like they should have gone out to significantly enhance themselves. It's been it's been a really really frustrating, hard to wrap your head around season, and with three quarters of it in the books, I I can guarantee you that you didn't see this coming quite the same way. I know no. I didn't see it coming this this way. This has been a really shocking season in a lot of ways. On on top of the frustrations and the disappointments. Yeah, yeah, a lot of it for sure. You know, it, to me, okay. So in terms of moving forward and where this organization organization is right now this feels like a funeral march to me the last 20 games that's the best term i can come up with this just feels like a a funeral march it's just not no one's really excited about it no one's looking forward to it it's just dread that everybody looks at it like in terms of the previous 62 games um it it, it can be boiled down into one word and that's goaltending and it just it just emphasizes how important goaltending is in this game. We all know it's the most important position. I think over the last couple of years, it's been taken for granted in this city because you went out and got yourself a marquee goaltender in, in Jacob Markstrom, and he still is a marquee goaltender. He's not playing like one right now, but I think it's silly to talk about trading him. I think it's silly to talk about him his career being over. I think that's that's a, a knee-jerk reaction from a lot of fans. And yes, we've seen him play horribly all season long. He'd be the first one to tell you that. He 
did tell us that <laughs> in very colorful language at the beginning of the season when he said he sucks at hockey right now. So this has been uh, an, you know, an abysmal, abysmal season for the Calgary Flames. I, I, I don't, I'm, I'm not going to say I saw any of it coming. None of us could have, as you alluded to. But I will say this. I did say several times at the beginning of the season that, because I've seen this happen so many times in this market. Yeah. It, it, everything's about expectations. Last year, there were none. So everything was a bonus. This year, expectations were probably too high which just sets you up for failure every single time. Even if this team was challenging for the division right now, I still feel like the expectations were so high that people thought that they would be, you know, leading the division without question or battling right there with Vegas or Edmonton right now. So I, expectations were a huge part of this. People might say, well, that has nothing to do with anything. No, I disagree. It, 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 it taints the entire way you look at everything based on your expectations. There's a bias there and they couldn't live up to it. And that's what makes it even harder to swallow for fans. Yeah. Uh, get out of here, buddy. Good stuff. Uh, and uh, we'll look for your latest at sportsnet.ca after the deadline. We'll see you Saturday for the game against the wild. Thank you, pal. I appreciate it, man. man. Take care. I hope uh, the digestive system's okay after this. <laughs> Go enjoy a muffin. Uh, he's Eric Francis. Uh, Francis Fridays, every Friday, inside hockey, here on Flamestock. Inside hockey's for Calgary Co-op. Calgary's is the only family of products curated for the taste of Calgarians, and you'll only find them at Calgary Co-op. Hey, it's George Russick. And Matty Rose. We host the big show with Russick and Rose. If you miss us weekday mornings on Sportsnet 960 to fan, first of all, shame on you. Second of all, download the podcast on demand. So many places that you can find the podcast wherever you get your favorite. NHL, NFL, CFL, MLB, the stories that sports fans in Calgary want to hear. We got it for you. We are the big show. Flamestock is live on Calgary's Hockey Station. Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Well, the deadline is come and gone. It's Steinberg and Wes Gilbertson along with you as this hour continues. Would like to say thank you very much to our outstanding trade deadline sponsors. Uh, thank you to Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar using the same secret recipe since 1975. Dine in at 6060 Memorial Drive Northeast. Take out or delivery at 403-248-3344. And thank you to Tuxedo Source for Sports. Maybe trade deadline season, but it's time to gear up for another great ball season. Southern Alberta's best selection of bats, gloves, and everything you need to be at the top of your game is at Tuxedo Source for Sports 2520 Center Street North. So, we were wet blankets leading up to the trade deadline. We did not feel like giving up um, assets for the future, important assets for the team, whether it be prospects or whether it be draft picks, made a lot of sense for where this team sits right now. And and as we hear from Brad True Living, this is when he sat down with us uh, in uh, one of the prior hours of this Friday edition of Flamestock, uh, basically said the same. Here's uh, GM Brad True Living from his chat with us on Flamestock. You know, where our team sits right now and where it's really following it for the last several weeks and months, um, it just wasn't, you know, an option for us to start chasing things with any high asset or draft pick or young prospect for, for short-term gain, you know. Um, and so we looked at other options. We looked long-term, is there, is there, is there significant returns that we can get um, for players? Um, 
you know, and, and we came to the conclusion right now that, uh, you know, we are where we are. Um, we're going to take a long-term view of this and, and not, you know, chase out draft picks and, and yeah. young players here for, for short-term games. So did not want to try to – he was not looking little picture. He was not looking at uh, instant infusions. The, and and that, that to me is maybe the best news of the day. Is, and that's, that's the biggest win of the trade deadline for me. You know, whether or not they missed an opportunity to sell off players, I don't know. But I do know that them not making some of the deals that other teams made. I, I even look at some of the deals that have been made by, you know, the, some of the prices that have been paid from teams on the outside or teams that are on the bubble right now. I think them standing pat on the buying side of things, and I know they made additions, but they weren't typical buying moves. They basically traded away a couple of guys who were in and out of the lineup for guys that may be in and out of the lineup on, you know, they they were lateral to incrementally better moves, but they weren't, they did not go buying. They did not go fishing for a big name, right? And that to me is the biggest win and the biggest takeaway. One of the you know things that I mentioned today on Twitter, and this is just going to be in lockstep with what you finished saying, is that the most important stats for me today at the Saddledome were zero draft picks out the door and zero prospects out the door. Connor Mackey at this point has graduated from prospect status. I think he's organizational depth now. Yeah, absolutely. And and I'm very curious what the future holds for him in Arizona because I think there's a lot of unlocked potential there. He wasn't a Flames prospect at this point. And so I think we can talk about the missed opportunity and there are going to be people who feel that way 100%. But I, I think you also missed an opportunity to really make a mistake with a knee jerk reaction to where you've put yourself and by that I mean that the Calgary Flames I don't think were even considering moving pieces out until very recently I think they need to take a look at this thing and I'm sure they got calls on some of those guys who are going to be free agents after next season I think if there was a really good offer we'd probably be sitting here talking about hey can you believe they traded so and so but one of the questions that Brad Treliving was asked in his press conference upstairs was, was your job impacted by your salary? Well, we did not, to his credit, see a general manager who was swinging for the fences trying to protect his own job today. Yep. And kudos to Brad Treliving for that because I think there was, yes, there might have been an opportunity to sell an asset and, and take advantage of a hot market. And yet, with that came an opportunity to sort of panic about where you've put yourself and without having a really good chance to quite frankly diagnose how this turned into the mediocre mess it's been this season to do something kind of knee jerk and potentially make a mistake there well and what i what i think is the most important theme for me and and this has been a theme for me leading up to the deadline for quite some time is the whole idea that look I know that they did not rebuild when they could have had an opportunity to do so in the summer I know that and by acquiring Jonathan Huberdeau and Mackenzie Weger and making the the deal that they made with the Florida Panthers they they 
very much committed to being a team that's in the here and now. But the here and now isn't just the 2022-23 season. And the 22-23 season, I think, is going to be one that we look back and say, yeah, that was a missed opportunity, that was a lost season, and it was kind of a wasted year. But there are still other years that they were looking towards. And this window that they built for themselves, they don't sign Nazem Kadri to a seven-year deal for one to, to try to get one year out of him. You don't extend Huberto and Uyghur because you think you're only getting one year out of him. Yeah, you, you take the risk that on the back half of those contracts that they're diminishing assets. Of course, when you're signing guys at that age, that's always the risk that you take. But you're expecting multiple years at the front end of it. And this is only the first year. And to look at 60, 61, now 62 games and say, well, it didn't work. It clearly isn't going to work because of 62 games. I think that's too premature. And and so anything that they, that they would have done that would have gone in the direction that said, nope, this is a failure and we need to go in a completely different direction, I think that would have been... I don't think that that would have been the way to go. I think that you need to give this core group a second year to see what they're capable of because I don't think I gave it enough credence or credit that the unprecedented nature of what happened this summer could take a lot of time. And, you know, you can sit there and say, oh, I'm making excuses for And maybe I am. I don't know. But... No team in the salary cap era has undergone transformation like the Calgary Flames did in the summer of 2022. To lose what they lost, to bring in what they gained, to have turnover in your core group like they did, I think we probably should have, in hindsight, expected it to take a little bit more time and there to be a little bit more or a lot more of an adjustment period and so for that reason a full summer without the shock of the trade without the culture shock of coming into a new organization with a new coach and and all of what goes into coming into the new situation you're in with all of the turnover I think it's worth it to see if what happened this past summer if there's still that potential there next year. And so by blowing it up, I think that they would have they, 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 they wouldn't have been giving themselves the opportunity to do that. And that doesn't mean they should have gone and bought, but I don't think they should have just completely nuked this whole thing because they, they felt like through sixty two games, well it's clearly a failure failure. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. And I think and you just mentioned this part, I think the the flip side of that and and something we've been sort of hammering against for for the past weeks and months now is you can get caught chasing it and then suddenly closing your own window you you've signed Jonathan Huberdeau for eight years beyond this one yep you've got Nazem Kadri on the books for another six six after this yep you you're not going back and 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 starting to blow that up from there and, and so well yeah, you. Hey, if you were desperate for Josh Anderson because he might win you two more hockey games this year, Montreal would have gladly taken Jacob Pelche. We know they've been asking about him forever. I'm sure if you went chasing someone else, someone would have been happy to take Matt Coronado off your hands. Well, when Jonathan Huberdeau is 33 
and I'm going to screw up how the ages mesh, but you're going to need a 24-year-old Matt Coronado finishing off some of his passes. As Nazem Kadri gets older in this league, you're going to need uh, in his prime Jacob Pelche to be a really reliable guy on his wing, however that looks. The Calgary Flames, if they started chasing it at this deadline, could have done themselves more damage. Yeah. Then good. And then when you look at the flip side, which is what you were talking about earlier, you you don't just blow up a team that has a bunch of good pieces. Go go look at the rosters that we're selling today. There's not much on those. That's what a blow up looks like. And a rebuild might sound sexy when you see the end result of it. You know, when when you look and say, wow, you know, Colorado got Nathan McKinnon with a first overall pick. They got Landeskog top three, two or three. Yep. Hey, that's great. Check out what it looked like for a few years before that. They don't want to go through that in Calgary. They don't want to be a bottom five team in the league, and I get it. I get it from a business standpoint. Mm -hmm. I get it from a hockey standpoint, and quite frankly, they have way too many useful pieces at this point to consider it. It's uh, and I I know that it's it's something that people have been clamoring for that you need to get that number one pick or you need to, but what I will say is that look they they made the decision they did in the off season, and they then committed to that that decision for the better part of ten years, and I think you could set yourself back even more by not giving that new vision the the time to play itself out it's why it's why i and and i know that in in some circles this is not a, a popular opinion and that's fine I, I don't that's that's fine this is my opinion um and and is it partially biased because i appreciate the man and, and how he goes about his business yes it is i'll be very very transparent that this is not a fully objective opinion but in my in in my opinion I believe that if you're the Flames, you should bring back Brad Tree Living. And, and it's not just their decision because he's a free agent at the end of this year himself. So he, he absolutely gets to partially write his ticket in this conversation too. But I believe if I'm Calgary and my decision is black and white of yes or no, I'm either keeping Brad or I'm, I'm looking for another general manager, I'm, leading, I'm, I'm all day wanting to keep the guy. Because what happened in the offseason – was pretty incredible work in salvaging things, and I know it hasn't worked through 62 games, and I know that the odds are it won't work through 82 games in year number one, but I think that all of that transformation, the guy who orchestrated that transformation, deserves a little bit more than one season to see it through, and and that's why I think for the, the job that was done in the offseason and for the crap hand of cards that he was dealt, what he was able to get out of it, I would like personally like to see what he can do a little bit more than one season after maybe the craziest offseason in, in NHL history. For him to get bounced or for him not to come back and it be fully of Calgary's decision, I, I think that would be short-sighted. I really do. Yeah, and, and if you're 22, 23, 24 players listening this afternoon to Flames Talk, if you're Mackenzie Weger furiously cleaning up Dryden Hunt's house before he gets home to check the place out. You can you can have a say in how this goes. And and what I mean by that is 
I don't think the general manager should be judged necessarily on whether this is a playoff team or not in the end because I think the work that he did last summer was so strong with the hand that he was dealt. Yet, maybe it's time for these guys to show the dividends of that work. It would make a big difference over the last 20 games if if we started to see some of why this team was considered a contender. There's a lot of good pieces in there. We keep hearing it every morning skate after every one goal game. We keep hearing how much talent's in that room. And, and I don't think I don't think they're wrong when they say it, but it's time to go show it. Because that if if this team with the general manager saying, I, I'm gonna give you a couple small pieces, but you guys you guys are made your bed and now it's time to climb out of it well go climb yeah. out of it and you know what if it doesn't happen this year and and i i look at the i look at the 56 game season and and what a mess that was and i look at how they responded the following year with essentially the exact same team couple of different pieces but essentially the same team same core for sure um and they were able they were a completely different team and a significantly better team and I'm not saying that is going to happen next year. But what I'm saying is you've got a whole year of Huberdeau, Kadri, Uyghur with Daryl Sutter. You've got a whole year of Elias Lindholm now without Gaudreau and Kachuk. You've got an Andrew Mangiapane pissed off about the production and the way it went. You've got Jacob Markstrom who knows that last year was uh, – or this year that he's in right now is maybe the worst year he's ever had as a professional. So then – you take all that, you reset in the summer, and see where you are. And and I think it's worth it to see if year two is different. Because I don't think that the people who were tattooing Brad Living's face on their backside because they were so happy about the summer of Brad, I don't think that that was unfounded. I think the excitement that was very palatable in this city after all of what happened this summer was was justified because... We looked at it and thought that this... I don't think that we're all stupid because we thought this team was going to be good this year. I think that we maybe were naive in thinking that it was going to come together really quickly, but I don't think that what we saw and I don't think the pieces that were brought together, we looked at it and said, this could be a really good team. They could be better than they were last year. That was like the majority of Flames fans, the majority of pundits, not just in this city, but nationally. We all thought that this is a really good season for the team especially knowing the, 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 the hand of cards that have been dealt. So isn't that worth letting it play out a little bit more than one year? As frustrating and infuriating as this season has been, it just feels, I don't know if it's going to happen, but it's worth it to see is where I'm at. And that's why I thought blowing it up at this deadline didn't make any sense. That's why making Brad to living a sacrificial lamb doesn't make any sense to me. See what it is next year and see if what we thought could be maybe just took a little bit longer to get to that point. That's all. Yeah, and, and you can get caught up in the same way that you can get caught up with a a team that has had a whole ton of guys have career best seasons. And and we've seen that a couple times in Calgary over the past handful of campaigns. And, and then the next season, you have a bunch of guys that have trouble sort of living up to that. Yeah. Well, I think you could have the same reaction to some career-worst seasons. Or, I'm not sure Jonathan Huberdeau's numbers are actually going to be his career-worst, but in terms of a, a 
full season and in terms of the player he's established himself as, you know, he's on pace for, he'll be the first to tell you, he's on pace for so far below yep. what he expected. You know, this is this is the worst season we've seen out of Jacob Markstrom in, in his time as a, a workhorse number one in the NHL. And so that stuff usually corrects itself as well. The, you know, the one mistake or the one thing that I hope the Calgary Flames have learned in these past few weeks is, you know, we talk about Brett Ritchie heading out the door today. I'm not sure that you needed to fill that last depth spot with a veteran before training camp again this year. I, I think what we've seen is given the opportunity, some of these kids can make yeah. a difference. And Daryl Sutter has been talking for the past couple of days about how he thinks there's some more young guys on the Wranglers roster that are, are sort of knocking on the door at this point. And, and so, you know, if there's one sort of minor lesson that I hope has been learned, it's, you know, let's not clog up every position with a guy who's played 400 games in the NHL. Let's leave a spot. Let's leave some competition. But that that's a minor quibble compared to what we're talking about. Yep. You're you're bringing the core back. I don't think I don't think you're faulting the general manager who built the core given the circumstances. I still think he did a hell of a job of it. You know, now show me something down the stretch. Don't, even if you don't get in, show me something yep. down the stretch. That'll wrap us up this hour. He's Wes Gilbertson on Twitter at Wes Gilbertson from Post Media. Lots of post-trade deadline stuff on uh, the different websites and in your papers tomorrow on Saturday. For Cam and Taylor, our producers, my name is Pat. Be well. Have a great weekend. Big game for the Flames against Minnesota on Saturday. Uh, we're available on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, wherever you get your podcasts. That'll wrap us up on the Sports Drive. Brought to you by Calgary Lock and Safe. Be proactive in protecting your property. Get a full security audit from Calgary Lock and Safe. Visit calgarylockandsafe.com.